The, the donut, donut Box. The Donut Box. What's up, guys? It's Dro, and welcome to The Donut Box, where we unbox stories and talk about things we usually don't talk about. And today, it is the hows and whys of getting out of the dieting cycle. A lot of us feel stuck in the cycle. Dieting, restricting, binging, and everything else in between. But the biggest thing we ask ourselves is how to get out. Or even why to get out. Because it feels a little bit safe here. Today we're going to be joined by a dietitian to talk a little bit more about the importance of getting out of the cycle and a few tips on how as well. So if you're ready, let's unbox this story. Our unboxer today is a fellow dietitian. She shares nutrition and fitness inspiration online. She is just your nutritionist. Everybody, let's welcome Justine Go. Hi. Hey, hey. Thanks, Joe, for having me here. Thank you. I'm very excited. I always love when a fellow dietitian is on so we can like talk about nutrition. Yeah. Facts, you know. <laughs> Mess busting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, to start us off, what got you into becoming a dietitian? Well, I've always loved food. I've always, <laughs> I think my life basically revolves around food. Um, first, I wanted to be a chef. And then one day I read in the newspaper and came across the title nutritionist. So I thought, hey, that might be a good um, combination with being a chef I guess and and I've always been athletic I've always been into fitness like as young as high school I guess like I already subscribed to email newsletters on fitness articles so I was kind of that into fitness already at a young age I guess and now I I really enjoy like helping people um, Mm -hmm. become healthy through food yeah. Yes, I think a lot of us start off with that love for food, right? And then yeah. it just becomes uh, like a, a different type of love as well. What are some of the things that you love most about being a dietitian? Uh, definitely, it's it's being able to help people um, feel better about themselves and have better lives, have better relationships with food and their body. And it's amazing how, you know, um, talking about food um, can help people that way. Yeah, I, I always do do find it very interesting how food just becomes a whole different like conversation. It's not just like, oh, what did you eat? Right? It, there's yeah. Like, there's so many layers to it. Exactly. Apparently, there's so much more to food than just eating it. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it really has an impact on on our whole lives. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's really interesting when we talk more about that. Uh, to dive into your relationship with food, what was it like, like growing up and until now? How would you describe your relationship with food? Yeah, I've always loved eating. Uh, I, I well, there was a time like I wouldn't. I was a picky eater. I think we all go through that as kids, right? So there's a time I was a picky eater, but then later on, like I would eat a lot to the point that I would out eat my dad. <laughs> Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, I was a rice eater back then, like super yes. rice eater Love rice. back in high school. And I've had some body issues as well because my own mom would also comment on my body. Um, oh, okay. since she would make me join like pageants before. Oh, you're a pageant girl. Before. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. And I was also into ballet like you. I was in ballet for like 10 years. Oh, and same. Like, like, like the same amount of years as well. Wow, that's right? Point shoes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah really so, of course, ballet, you know, the world of ballet, like people are conscious about their physique, their bodies. And yeah, that's um, that's kind of been my world. That's what my world was like with food and eating. And um, people who saw me grow up, probably like my schoolmates, my high school schoolmates would probably say, like um, uh, my body, I, I'm I'm like sometimes I'm thin, sometimes I'm fat. Mm, like <laughs> so there's like a yo-yo. Would, mm-hmm. Yeah, like people would make comments like that. So I'm like, but now being a dietitian, it's very liberating. Like yes. finally mm-hmm. knowing right, like what we're supposed to feel about 
food and our bodies and mm -hmm. yeah the relationship between it between them would you say that like you started to heal your relationship with food when you became a dietitian or when you got into um the course or do you feel like it took a bit of time before you you got there like because for me i was during <laughs> During college, I was still like intermittent fasting and doing all of these diets. Like even if people would like spout facts, like nutrition facts, I'm like, no, I'm still gonna diet. It was only after you know yeah. when I realized, like, oh my god, there's there's just so much negativity around my relationship with food and my body. Yeah. How about you? Was that is that how it worked for you, or when did you realize like I have to heal this relationship with food? I guess I've always had an idea about nutrition. Um, before getting into it like I'd say I was more like a sponge um, of course we we had our own general idea of what healthy eating was like and that's what I used to do um, to try to lose weight because I also gained so much weight from culinary school and so to try to lose weight I would try to eat healthy and obviously when I got to Um, nutrition school or the course it, I learned that oh that's apparently not the healthy way to eat and so I think I actually healed during I think during the course oh okay so yeah. it was mostly like learning, learning about, about the fact yeah. it's kind of like oh yeah, oh. <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> especially one thing for me one thing for me was really like my water intake because I used to be um not really a camel but I used to not drink enough water at all like I would live on 500 ml of water a day and oh. it was in, oh. yeah so it was really in in the renal nutrition you know in um medical nutrition therapy so on the renal renal nutrition that's where I learned that 500 ml is the minimum amount your kidney needs to make urine and so I was like oh. and then I got scared learning about dialysis I was like I don't want to end up like that so I'm gonna start drinking more water <laughs> I'm just imagining the summers like it's summer now and it's so hot <laughs> it's so hot surviving right now, on so little water oh my god again again <laughs> but, but I think we also all go through that phase of like not drinking water because it's like yeah doesn't have days you want yeah yeah and you feel full like if you're bloated from drinking so much yeah. water Mm -hmm. oh the bloating really affected me my, my relationship with food like it was so weird because every time i drank water i was like oh my god i'm so bloated i don't like this feeling so i'm just like don't drink water <laughs> it's, like, it's very weird <laughs> yeah i know people like that too um good thing i didn't i didn't really have that feeling about water And, and, yeah, exactly know. Yeah, you know, yeah. when you're about to yeah when yeah, you're about performing. to play sports or hit the gym that's when you feel like you, know, you don't want to drink too much water before then so like oh i should probably hydrate like enough <laughs> overall <laughs> right? right yeah so i love that you shared how learning the facts helped you have like a better relationship with food and realize that maybe dieting isn't the way to go right because our topic today is how or why do people get out of the dieting cycle to talk about that importance of finding your balance overall. So we have here some of the answers, our little donut box. We'll read through them and we'll just talk about it. Are you ready? All right. Exciting. Here we go. I want to hear it. <laughs> All right. Our first one is realizing I don't want to track calories every day for the rest of my life. It's a good one. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Did you Even ever really... nutritionist don't want to do that? Yeah. Like I am done. No. Did you ever track calories? How was your uh, relationship with calories and all of those things? Yeah, you know what? Um ever since being a dietitian, I think I only tracked my calories like I could count with my hands the number of times that I counted my calories and it's not even like for a long time. Um, and so I can totally relate with clients who are, you know, get tired of doing it or who can't sustain it. Who like and... get stressed about it. It's like, it's a lot of your brain space. Yeah. yeah. But, but although, uh, if I were to be honest, like, um, of course I'm being honest here, <laughs> but to be honest, like I did recently, um, track my calories, um, because, because of the fact that I gained so much weight last year and I'm trying to 
get back to my healthy weight this year. So I tried it, but it's not really something I'm doing like for the long term. It's just to check. It's just a self-assessment of how much am I really eating? Am I eating enough or am I eating too much? Um, but definitely not something I completely rely on um, or obsessed about. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some something about calories that people don't really know is like the amount that you absorb tends to differ for everybody, depends on the food. So even if you are super duper strictly calculating and tracking everything, there's always going to be a difference, right? And it's it's nice to use it as just this guide, just this um like this baseline, just this understanding. But being so intricate with it is when it becomes really hurtful in most cases yeah most people who would actually have to use the scale to weigh their food are really just the athletes who really need to do it Mm -hmm. like Um, specific very specific needs it's like a specific weight for this for this competition or something but normal people like us (laughs) including dietitians really don't have to use the scale or you know very uh, specific measures to to eat healthy. <laughs> how had how did your vision of calories? Because you're tracking now, right? And before you did have like a little bit of a rough relationship with food. How did, is tracking now different for you? How are you approaching it differently that it doesn't mess with your mental state? Ever since being a dietitian and and after gaining some um, experience from work, uh, I've learned that. It's, it's really more about quality than quantity. Like if we focus on the quality of our food, we don't have to worry too much about the quantity that we're eating. So I bring that with me. <laughs> and now like tracking calories is just like what you said, it's just a guide. It's not um, what I obsess about or what I strictly adhere to. Um, it's it's just a number and and I don't let it define like my progress or my success <laughs> on on my yeah my weight loss journey or yeah yeah that that's a very important thing to view it right it's just a number and I think that is definitely hard of course to just view it as a number and what I always tell my clients is it's okay to track like if you want to that's okay but when you track you have to see it all just as data and that's it like it's data it's information because the minute you you connect your worth to it the minute you allow it to dictate how much you're supposed to work out or how much you're supposed to eat later you know like you you start to play around with that that's when it really affects you negatively yeah like it was only really later much later in life (laughs) that i learned that you know you don't have to earn your calories you don't have to right like burn the calories that you ate don't actually have to do that i mean we can enjoy our treats when we want to and enjoy our workouts the way we should like and not use it as punishment um or penitence for whatever we ate <laughs> like we're existing like we're always like doing that punishment cycle like all of all of those things and there's always something to note about tracking where it can be great to learn about your food but you always have in mind that this is not forever like i'm not gonna do this forever i'm just looking at my food now just to get the information so that i can move on (laughs) like it's a now thing how to move forward Mm -hmm. exactly it's a stepping stone it's It's a a gathering information (laughs) oh i love that it's not the destination yeah (laughs) definitely i mean of course there are people who really thrive off of it you know but Mm -hmm. it's not to say that everyone is going to be the same with that and that's okay as well yeah Okay, let's open up another one. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it's quite long for the first one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to There's this. So much Ooh. to say. Learning that binging has nothing to do with self-control. It comes from trying to meet an unmet need. Ooh. This is deep. A, yeah, I was gonna say this is a deep one. Mm. <laughs> I think this is very important to note because a lot of people do assume that they're binge eating or that 
they just don't have control and that's the reason why they feel all of these things with food and there tends to be a lot more than a lot of other factors exactly that cause people to binge eat Mm -hmm. and i'm sure both of us have been there too (laughs) yeah (laughs) a time in our lives (laughs) what are some of the things that you noticed for yourself that would like really cause your binge eating or um emotional eating episodes an emotional eater um and i guess it's it's really about more about like the feeling that mm-hmm. we're looking for or mm-hmm. that we get right from like satisfaction or reward or you know feelings like that that you don't get from maybe you probably didn't get from someone or from other people mm-hmm. and you only f- you think that you only feel that connection with food <laughs> like, mm, yeah yeah that, food is my friend <laughs> food is yeah. my only friend but it's my, my only, only source of this and that yeah that's a really great Comfort. point where when we are not really taught how to regulate our emotions and we're not really taught how to understand our emotions because especially as filipinos right uh filipinos tend to have the biggest number i mean not the biggest number in the world but generally filipinos tend to have more binge eating um as a in the eating disorder spectrum a lot of filipinos suffer more with binge eating disorder than the others and that's why it's also left unnoticed on on uh, resolved because it just feels like oh lang kayo, but there's actually there's so much more to it and what a big factor of that is as filipinos we are not good at regulating emotions yeah, that's <laughs> pretty true <laughs> stuff it down don't don't share your emotions and that can yeah. really show up in food and binging is it really comes from it starts with feeling restricted mm-hmm Right, yeah. restricted. So it's the same with emotions when we feel like we've had to suppress a lot of emotions for mm-hmm. a long time, or probably big emotions that we've had to suppress. Then we let it all out for it with food and <laughs> And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cycle. <laughs> and I think something else with with that is that when we look towards food, we use it as a numbing tool right it's like i'm looking for comfort i feel comforted with food until we forget about the problem that we're actually supposed to deal with and then we never deal with it and it just keeps coming back exactly it becomes a cycle when we don't deal with the real reason or the root cause and the same with any other addicting substance addictive substance right like alcohol or smoking it's like people have different coping mechanisms and food is definitely one of them because it's the easiest i guess it's the most accessible (laughs) most accessible (laughs) and less less harmful in the sense that you know you don't get drunk you don't get a hangover when you Mm -hmm. eat too much you probably just have an upset stomach but (laughs) or or something that we don't talk about a lot as well is that food is something we need to survive right and that's the struggle because we literally need it so when people like go towards alcohol and go towards smoking or any other abuse of substances it's often that they'll cut it out or try to cut it out because that's what like, that's what causes it They're like the addiction to that the dopamine rush all of those things but when it comes to food you can't just cut it out Right? Yeah. because that's not how it works it. Yeah, exactly. it has to be part of our lives forever <laughs> yeah and when you cut it out that's when the cycle keeps continuing yeah. so it's it's really not the same of like just saying to somebody who is um feeling that binge stress to just like just stop eating like just keep those foods away yeah. it's like no doesn't how? help at all <laughs> <laughs> that will be like death <laughs> right okay let's let's open up another one here all right this one says i was tired of being at war with my body i wanted peace mm, i like that one that's very nice that's nice yeah again it's liberating right like it's actually between you and food it's your relationship with food and in that sense, you have control over it. I mean, what we want is 
we are the ones in control of food and not the other way around where food is in control of us. <laughs> so what do you yeah. think are things that make food have that control over us? Like in your experience, what are things that made you feel like you were not the one who was in control of your relationship with food and your body? I think it really has to do with environment. Mm-hmm. If it's there, if it's always it's easily available, accessible, I think that's when, and, and also a lack of self-awareness. It's the environment and a lack of self-awareness because, yeah, when we're not aware about what we're doing, what we're stuffing ourselves with, or our habits and patterns, then it's just, it's definitely going to repeat itself. So, Yeah, that's a good one. The the awareness, the self-awareness is the most important thing because you will always feel at war with your body when you don't know what's going on. And that's what the importance of curiosity really comes in where it's like why am i feeling so stressed around food all the time why am i feeling so uh controlled by food most of the time we just blame ourselves we're just like oh it's because you suck oh it's because you don't you don't do this you don't do that but there's it's i think it's really both internal and external factors Mm -hmm. right and a lot of it is probably external environment and in my case it was also like the influence of my mom and how she comments about my body and even even my dad too so yeah <laughs> yeah the environment plays a big role but also your response to your environment right it doesn't have to be instant that's like oh no this is bad I'm gonna i'm not gonna do this because like they're hurting me i'm gonna like we're not that's yeah. aware right away but that awareness of like oh i've been restricting myself for a long time i don't know how to nourish my body yet or i i am constantly angry with my body those are those things you have to be aware of to know that wait maybe this is not how i want to keep going this is not what's making me have that um peace that i want to have with my body yeah or or like self gratification only you want instant gratification instead of really working for what you're meant to have <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like there is there's also those times where we feel like we don't deserve good things in our life and it's like only until here so this is like this is the this is as good as it's going to get and sometimes that's also where that feeling i think it also comes from just like anger at yourself or right? sometimes you're just so angry at yourself and you don't deserve good things you don't deserve these things that that goes into your self-care so you're like just gonna hate yourself all the time and the thing we always say is you can't hate yourself into a version that you will love so if you're gonna keep doing that hurting yourself with all of these punishments around food and your body it's gonna keep going that way yeah, in my case, it was really a lack of um, self-control in terms of gratification. Like, I would attach, you know, happiness and and validation uh, with food, mm-hmm. self-validation with food, rather than um, the more meaningful things. <laughs> and, like, it's not bad, right, to have those moments with food. It just can't be your only thing. Because yeah. that's when it also becomes a clutch, or yeah. and then we don't address those main problems. Right. Okay, let's uh hop on to another one. Ooh, okay. I started by removing the notion that food was off limits. I ate crazy amounts for a while, but eventually it evened out. Mm, awesome. Okay. I love that. I love that. Yeah, like you said a while ago, right? Binging tends to come from restriction. Right. Yeah. And when we even just like mentally telling yourself you're not allowed to eat yeah. foods, it's already going yeah. to cost that like I want it more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's gonna be friction. There's gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna obsess about it more. Like I gotta have it. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's like tension in the room with like well, it was like you and the chips and it's just like <laughs> there's there's this chemistry exactly it's getting hot in here <laughs> yeah it, it gets to those like intense levels right how did you work through those off limits foods and like bringing it back into a way that you didn't feel like 
it was crazy for you and just felt like, okay, it, this is just food and it's okay. How did you get there? Yeah, I don't work well with restrictions. Like mm-hmm. if you restrict me, if if there if it's a no for me, <laughs> I, I can't take no for an answer. So <laughs> yeah. I really try to yeah, <laughs> basically. So I, I love sharing about this because what I do right now is I actually stock up on the treats, like the chips, the chocolates, the biscuits, everything, Snickers. I love Snickers. I, I keep stock of these things. And it's funny, there was even a time that I got sick because I ended up eating expired chips. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I would keep putting it off because I'm the type of like, there, there are only two people. There, there are only two kinds of people. It's either cold turkey, like out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. or if it's there, you're going to put it off. So I'm the latter. Like if, if the more mm-hmm. I see it, the more I don't want it, the more I don't tend to crave mm-hmm. for it. So the chips reached expiry date and I felt sorry for it. I was like, it's only three days. I can still eat this. I didn't give you the love you needed. (laughs) No. (laughs) Trying to save a relationship that's gone bad. (laughs) Guys, we can't do that. (laughs) But I love that that is the perfect example of the abundance mentality, right? Where it's like, if you have a lot of it, around we often we will start definitely if you like just come off of restriction you'll definitely start by eating as much of it as you can like that's that happens that happens it it takes time if that happens to you or if that's happening to you right now just be patient don't feel like oh gotta restrict again i'm doing terrible no it's part of the process because sooner or later your body is going to find that everything's okay like it will be okay and then you'll start like we've had enough of it yeah or like you know what we can have it tomorrow maybe maybe we can just listen to the amount that's comfortable right now yeah it it takes time and i love your story of like having the chips in in like your house (laughs) like having a lot and then just all of a sudden eating the expired one the same happened with me where i love donuts like i love donuts exactly but whenever we have like a big box of donuts before i could finish it and now it's like the big box of donuts becomes stale in the ref because we don't touch it anymore because it's like ah oh, there's donuts in the ref and i know you have that someday so yeah the 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 parang the power <laughs> goes away still tastes good but it's like it's not that much of a pull anymore distance makes the heart grow fonder <laughs> for some yeah for sure (laughs) okay let's do another one over here donut break add the filling at the frosting let's go some quick glazed questions to get to know our guests better are you ready let's go (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay let's go all right what is your favorite thing about yourself and why that how much how passionate i am about food Ooh, I love that one. What would you be if you weren't a dietitian? I'd be a chef. Yeah, like you mentioned, you love you love like food and cooking. Yeah, and the whole culture, the kitchen culture. What's your favorite nutrition hack? How handy our hands are. How Ooh. we get to estimate the portions of our food with just our hands. That's really handy. <laughs> That's really helpful. Pun intended. It's very handy. Yeah. <laughs> What makes a perfect day for you? Perfect day would be perfectly cooked eggs. Just kidding. But that's a pet game. (laughs) I like that one. All right, our most important question is, what is your favorite donut flavor? Original glaze from Krispy Kreme. Classic. Classic. Oh, but now they have a dark chocolate glazed on yeah like original glaze but like dark chocolate oh that's so good is that one beat the original glaze oh wow yeah i think that's my new favorite (laughs) got it gotta try that (laughs) (laughs) i realized yo-yo dieting will never give me a thin body i didn't want to spend money on temporary results that's a good one yeah i like that one (laughs) It's a good realization. Temporary results. <laughs> yeah, because we spend so much time and, and effort on 
temporary result sometimes. Yeah, that's true. And it's really from, it really stems from impatience. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people are really just too impatient for the results. Yeah, it's, it's sad. I just have to put this out there, but it's really sad that a lot of influencers, celebrities who have that influence and platform, right, are, are influencing people, directing people to the wrong methods and mindsets or... I just wish like these people who are blessed with that kind of platform and audience would actually dish out the right information instead. Yeah, and like you said, it's as much as it is about people being impatient, it's also about people feeling pressure as well. Like there's just so much pressure to, for example, for women who just gave birth, there's like pressure in a parent. Okay, you gotta look like you didn't give birth the next day. Okay. <laughs> you have to look like nothing happened you're 16 years old again it's just, it, oh my gosh there's just so much of that and then you get pressured by seeing transformation 30-day transformation online like yeah by influencers and then you're like oh this is what it's supposed to be if i don't get that then i'm not doing good enough right yeah it's crazy that just adds to so much more likelihood of uh, so much more it really increases you know the likelihood of more women getting postpartum blues, postpartum mm-hmm. depression, with that kind of pressure. Oh, I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like, there's, there's even that pressure before you get pregnant, where it's like, what's my body going to look like when I'm pregnant? Like, But we have yeah, all of that's this. that's so true. There's just, just, there's so much. Me personally, <laughs> that's my biggest fear. Like, child, pregnancy and childbirth are my biggest fears in life. Next to, yeah roaches are next to that (laughs) (laughs) well i understand the fear like logically childbirth is a really big fear it is i'm just so scared of the pain it's more of the pain than than and then next to that would probably be like how my body would look like or would respond to the whole the whole change and all Mm -hmm. and that's also the saddest part in in a way right that the biggest thing that tends to um keep us from enjoying motherhood my gonna well mother that is keeping people from celebrating this yeah, is because they're afraid of what they're life. gonna look like and and, and that's just like right. it's so sad because we're so quick to demonize women and people who have bodies just for going through something yeah like, mom bod Oh, she's got a typical mom bod. <laughs> and it's okay. Like, mo- like, it doesn't even have to be, like, a negative thing, right? It's just it's just a body. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Okay, that's so that serves its purpose. <laughs> that's what it needs to do. Exactly. Okay, let's read another one here. Ooh, I started tracking things unrelated to calories. Meaningful interactions, joyful moments, etc. Oh, that's good. I like that. I like that. And yeah, and a lot of other things you could also track aside from weight or the amount of food that you eat. It's really also about how you feel, how your clothes fit better, how you're much stronger, uh, how you're able to move your body in different ways, like more than before. Yeah. <laughs> you feel lighter. You know? mm-hmm. There's like also like quality sleep, the quality hours yeah. of sleep that you're getting, the number of glasses of water. <laughs> like back to the water. <laughs> We're back to the water topic here. Uh, but like there's also water. Another one would also be like your bowel movement, the regularity yeah. of your bowel mm-hmm. movement and the clarity of your urine. <laughs> yeah. water. Mo- oh. I love water. So water. Urine water. is normally like pale, almost white after almost mm-hmm. transparent after all. <laughs> or, healthy urine. Another thing is also uh the energy that you feel in the day. Like how many times does exactly. your energy dip really exactly. low in the day? Or the times that you're able to actually enjoy your meal undistractedly. Yeah. Those are some things that we can actually focus on more. Exactly. The little things, but they really are they have big impact. Yeah, they are the big things. Actually big things. <laughs> okay, let's look at another one here. It was taking so much of my brain space. I wanted out. Mm. Yeah, mm. for sure. Still related to peace, right? <laughs> headspace. We all want that headspace for 
more important things, better things. <laughs> yeah, the big things again, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, just really enjoying life. And why, yeah, that's definitely a, a huge reason to, to stop um, dieting. It's really to enjoy life the way we should mm-hmm. live a normal life. <laughs> Do you have a specific moment where you were like after you recovered or like fixed your relationship with food in your body where you were like oh wow this is what it feels like to not be stuck in a cycle did you ever have that aha moment for yourself yeah like definitely that liberating feeling where you know that you can eat anything um and enjoy it and not care about what people would say especially as a dietitian right like, oh yeah <laughs> people are so <laughs> observant whenever they're around us or we're with them like there's and another level of, of like pressure judgment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we so feel the judging aura in the room <laughs> yeah but um, yeah it's it's really liberating and definitely gives you a whole different level of peace when you know that you can eat whatever you want and enjoy it mm-hmm. and just like feel good and about not it feel yeah and not feel anything negative afterwards <laughs> yeah my most recent like aha moment because they just keep they just keep coming like it's not just one but it's not like just one experience where like oh my god i'm free it's like so many here and there where you keep on realizing that oh my gosh this is what it feels like to have a healthy relationship with food in your body and it's so good recently it was when i was training for a run and then i had to eat carbs after right because you know like it's like the whole week i had to eat carbs the whole week because i had to to prepare for that run and eating those carbs i was like wow years ago i would have been so afraid of this but i am just like packing on the carbs and i'm just like wow I, I like this is a new me you know and that was just one of my i love carbs i love i love having a good relationship with food in my body it was so it felt so good yeah that's yeah that's amazing it's definitely it's so healing <laughs> so healing yeah healing is a nice feeling it really is and yeah and i think i think it's actually a I think an, an ongoing process, even for us dietitians, like for the rest of our lives. I think I don't think healing will ever be complete in this lifetime. Because <laughs> of course, even like external again, external factors or environment or it, it could still get to us sometimes, right? Or or we might still find out that there is still you know, some aspect or some part of our relationship with food, our notions about food and what and and the culture that we're probably not what do you call it? Like done. Like we're yeah. just not done learning. Not yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like that's one thing that we always have to remember about your relationship with food. It can keep getting better <laughs> and most of the time yeah it just and, does. and it's something that we we've been doing our whole lives mm-hmm. so there's a lot to unravel and unpack as we go along i think that's why it's definitely going to be an ongoing process like for the rest of our lives <laughs> it's something new every day like yeah let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right let's do a few more here this one is our next one I put stickers over calories so that they don't trigger me anymore. Ooh, okay. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good dip. Do what you struggling. can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do what you can, whatever it takes to help you, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I actually saw this TikTok once where this girl had a sister who was struggling with disordered eating, and she's the one who, who erased it for her sister so her sister doesn't have to see it. And I was just like... Oh, like, that's so sweet. Love that. <laughs> Hearts to you guys. Yeah, interesting. So, what do you think about like um, some people who might want like all the restaurants to have calorie counts of their on their menus? Mm, okay, I think that restaurants should definitely have this information. 
like they should definitely have the information of the calories protein carbs nutrients whatever in their dish even if it's just an approximation because a lot of people will benefit from that especially those with um health conditions who are afraid to eat out and all of those things but i feel like it should not be first thing that you see when you enter a restaurant or have a menu like i i think there should definitely be an option to like oh can i have the calorie um information or like the nutrition information about this food but i don't yeah. think it should be like right on the, <laughs> like straight up beside the price <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah how about you yeah i agree i totally agree it's the same um i think it would be helpful yeah if, if the restaurants would put that on their menu um, but definitely, like you said, not the first thing or not the main thing um, that people would notice once they get into the restaurant. Yeah, because a lot of people yeah. still want it and need it, and that's definitely fine. But we do want to make a safe space for those struggling with their relationship with food. Because right. unfortunately, it's it's easy to get triggered by those numbers when you're yeah. in that, in that uh, state. Ooh, let's look at some other ones here. Nothing I ever did lasted. As the definition of insanity is, trying the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Ooh, yeah, trying the same diet again and again, thinking this is the one, and then it just keeps happening yeah. again and again and again. Ooh. Should we drop names here? <laughs> like, <laughs> go, go ahead. Like we <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Like the Atkins diet or something, you know. Like what are some would... of the diets that you've tried? Like, like oh, me really personally? tried. I honestly wasn't obsessed with fad diets ever since. Like, yeah, I guess I've somehow, for some reason, I guess I've always felt they were red flags. Wow. I love that for you. Wasn't boodled, but I did read about like the South Beach diet and Atkins. I did read about them, but I didn't like religiously follow any particular fad diet. It's just more of my general idea of of healthy eating. Like there's a time when I would just have well, because my parents do it too. They we just have fruits for dinner, like just fruits for dinner, either just fruits for dinner or I'd have like a a sandwich, like a grilled vegetable sandwich, which I think that was fine. It's really the fruits though that's like fruits for a meal. Yeah, and until now, my parents do that, and my sister ended up doing it too, and. I feel sad. I feel disappointed I feel, or sad hungry. about it. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get disappointed when they do that because it's definitely not healthy, especially for my dad as a diabetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sister, she's still in senior high and she's already she already got that kind of um, eating habit from mm-hmm. my parents. Yeah. So like my my most crazy diet that I ever tried was the military diet. Like <laughs> I I just read it online where it's like this is what you eat and it's it's the easiest because it already tells you what to eat, right? right. Like, it's not like let's say keto that just has rules. This is like yeah. literally like this is what you eat, and I was like oh my gosh, my breakfast is like a cracker, and I'm like I'm not, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> like, I could I could not. <laughs> my gosh, but <laughs> you're that you be sick of crackers. Like I don't want to have another cracker in my life. <laughs> yeah, after for a long time. <laughs> to this day, I have a hard time eating bananas because I did a banana diet where all I ate was bananas, like every single day. Like it was oh rough. <laughs> it was rough. But to this day, if I have a banana on its own, I feel like uh, it's like it's coming back up because I like. It's a trigger. Yeah, it triggers the trauma. Gosh, I guess I guess I wasn't boodled into any of those fat diets because I'm just too impatient and inconsistent. Like I cannot stick with something so repetitive. Like I need variety in my life. And the same, I couldn't stick with it either, but I just kept doing it. <laughs> just thinking that I would one day get it, but it was not happening. <laughs> like, that's the thing. It, it, it sends you all of these promises where it's like, no, you just keep trying, you'll get there. But no. <laughs> yeah, I do know of people who are on like 
sky snakes and water diet like mostly just living off of crackers <laughs> uh, you know what my major my biggest pet peeve not necessarily pet peeve but the biggest thing that really irks me or annoys me when it comes to diets is when people are always like i don't eat rice but yeah. they'll eat crackers and it's not like crackers are bad like that's okay it's it's still carb source it's fine if you like it yeah but if you like rice and you're not eating it but eating crackers instead it's like they're both carbs they're they're both food yeah you can eat the rice it's okay yeah yeah it is that's also why i I, I tell my clients like, you know, okay, if you don't want to eat rice, so there are other options. Like there's corn, there's some um, kamote, there's sweet potato, there's um, bread, there's pasta noodles or yeah, it's fine. If you really want to, really don't want to eat rice, <laughs> but or, rice should be fine. Yeah, yeah. Or like it's like, oh, I'm having a no carb diet, but then instead it's just the rice. Talaga. Like rice is like the... <laughs> only carb in existence yeah (laughs) like how people demonize rice is just crazy i know and when they replace it with crackers i'm like you know what it's better to eat the rice because it's more natural it will be more filling overall like it's just it's gonna be more more satisfying for you more nutrients (laughs) compared to crackers like you're gonna enjoy it more so just just eat the rice it's okay true <laughs> and then if you want the crackers as a snack as well it's okay you yeah can also do that. you can have both actually <laughs> okay let's do one last dun, dun, dun. addressing the mental challenges behind binge eating was step one you can get all the tips but it will be nothing without that first step Ooh. Like you said a while ago, right? That self-awareness and self-assessment is like really important. Deeper issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotta start with the roots. (laughs) Yeah, because I've been through so many times where I thought the only solution was to remove the foods that I loved or felt crazy around. I thought the only solution was just to make more rules, be more disciplined. But when I really tapped into it, my binge eating came from so much more that wanting validation, that using it for comfort, using food for comfort, being restricted. That's really when it, it came to me like, oh, there's there's a lot more I need to address. It, it wasn't even about food. It was just about a lot of internal things going on. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And diet is not just like what a lot of... Um, fitness wellness influencers are putting out these days it's our diet is not just what we eat but it's also the things that the media that we consume our thoughts you know um it's part of our daily diet yeah (laughs) our thoughts (laughs) and the thing about it as well is some people will say don't get too emotional don't get too attached like just don't make it a big deal but just see it as food like I wish I could do that. <laughs> food is part of our life. It's a huge part of our life. We can't just detach, detach from food. Yeah. It's okay if it's part of your life, right? It's okay if it's part of your culture, especially your culture. Like us Filipinos, yeah, there's so many fiestas, there's so many traditional foods. Like that's okay if you see food as more than just fuel, but also connection, also memories also something to access um a part of you that that was there but like that's okay we're just working on finding a balance of seeing it as fuel and seeing it as those other things as well yeah so food is life it's literally (laughs) life like our lives revolve around food more than we know it something that a dietitian once said on the pod as well is that you eat five six times a day (laughs) like it is it is a choice a a lot of choices in your day is going to revolve around food (laughs) and that's why we can't just push our relationship with food like that's not important Uh, yeah and that's why i also say like it's the most important decisions we make each day is really about what we eat (laughs) and what we eat determines how we feel how we work the rest of the day so again that's why Food is a huge impact and a huge part of our lives, more than we know it. 
Yes, and the best way to have a good relationship with food is first coming out of that dieting cycle. Yes, exactly. So I hope everyone who gets to listen to this podcast will learn that you don't have to diet. (laughs) You can eat what you want and not restrict yourself at all. Yes, and you can relax. (laughs) Relax around food. It's it's okay. It's going to be okay as well. Right. Yay! Thank you so much for being here, Justin. I love thanks so much for having me. It's always fun to talk to you, and this is just one of the few times that we've actually (laughs) yeah, like the second time that you're able to like that. Yeah, um, but but I love the conversation. I loved your insights, all of these learnings that we had. Where can everyone find you if they want to learn more? Yeah, thanks. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Justine Go. That's J U S T I N N E. A lot of people don't know it's a double N E. Yeah. Uh, Justine Go on Facebook and Just Your Nutritionist uh, in IG and TikTok. Uh, although I'm not that active on TikTok yet, uh, but I try. We'll wait for the videos. <laughs> we're, we're waiting. <laughs> we're waiting for the TikTok. So much work. <laughs> I know it, it does take some time, but we are very uh, excited for more information and inspiration from you. Again, thank you so much for being here, and we really appreciate it. Thanks, Joe, and thank you for making this podcast. It's so helpful for a lot of people, I'm sure. So keep it up, and follow yeah, the pod, we love you. <laughs> follow the pod guys. Follow the pod. <laughs> and that is the end of the episode. Remember, your relationship with food is more than just food. It is so many things. That's why getting out of the dieting cycle is not just about getting rid of your favorite foods, but also tapping in a little bit deeper as to what you want to feel and what nutrition and your relationship with food actually should be. I hope this video was helpful for you on your journey. If it was, then don't forget to follow The Donut Box. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Donut Box Pod to be part of the next episodes. You can also follow me at It's Joe Sebastian on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You can also follow me on Instagram at HealWithJoe.RND for more nutrition things. The Donut Box is an anima podcast podcast, so don't forget to follow them for more of the latest pods. Until the next episode, don't forget, you always deserve to eat. Bye! Thank you.